It's pink pill time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll do many Web3 lands with the Keys community and all our friends. The fun, it'll never end. It's pink pill time. So, How's everybody doing? So beautiful. Oh, footy, you know, we had to kick it up special for this one. Season 2, <laughs> episode 5 of the Pink Pill with special guest Leadfoot, longtime friend. How's it going, man? What's good, fam? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, obviously Sunday here. We've had a nice cruisy day. Just been been prepping for this, to be honest. Looking forward to it. How you guys been? Love to hear it. I'm doing just peachy, as you can tell. Just put some short ribs in the crock pot, and uh, those will be ready to go later. <laughs> hell yeah i love that you said that you were cooking or at least at the grocery i feel like i've been shopping with you today i feel like i've been in the kitchen with you today why not why not sit down and have a conversation you know pretty soon this might be an actual show cooking with eve so not uh, bad. yeah i know it i mean if you want me to burn shit or over salt it i'm all over it so we'll see how those <laughs> short ribs start, turn out later i back uh, you i back you <laughs> Alt, how's it going, dude? Good, man. Good. I uh been waiting all week for this. I love the pink pill vibes. Uh, you're uh, the only thing I ask is that your intro be a little bit longer because, man, it's a vibe. I really enjoy it. I, I think we could work on that. You know, we're gonna have to write some original content or add some verses that are not normally in that song because it's just a. Uh, as you know, I uh-huh. I'll help you write it. Let's get it. We'll knock it out. It'll be fun. Is it live every time? I feel like it's getting tighter. Yeah, it's live every time, man. That's just me. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. I mean, this one deserves a live music, buddy. (laughs) I really really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been a couple of weeks, actually. I've been quite flat out. And I know I requested uh, early in the season or at the end of last season that we have, like, better times for our spaces. But... I've just been out of control the last few weeks. I haven't been able to jump in, but I've, I've, I haven't been a speaker, but I've been listening, listening in on a few pieces and listening back to the recording, of course. Love it, brother. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people, I mean, obviously we'll get it on recording today, but there's probably people who are going to wander in or listen to this and have no idea about the Leadfoot Project and Upturn. But before we get there, I know we've got two other speakers up here on stage, one being our other co-host, Kriegel. And then we have Sosa as well. So why don't we say hi to Kriegel and then let Sosa say just hi real quick. Hey, guys. Kriegel here. What's up? How's everyone doing? Um, ETH, if you're doing a Cooking with ETH show, I'm very, very intrigued by it. And I'm wondering how you're going to incorporate uh, pink pills into your recipes. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of people a lot more bullish on Luxo. Eat my food. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I don't know if it's possible. I'm looking to, forward to it. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible to VTube and cook at the same time, but if it is, coming sooner than you think. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Agreed. Agreed. And then, Leadfoot, you brought on Sosa today, and uh, Sosa has a special guest. I don't know if you want to say hi, yeah. Sosa. What's going on? Let's hey hear guys. from the big man. Yeah, I don't know, special, I don't know, like, uh, I'm just super interested in working with machine learning kind of uh, every day for my normal job, and I'm also very interested in applying it to more, like, a project or, like, basically innovative projects in general. Super happy to be here and, like, kind of discovering this space with you guys. Thanks. 
All right, cool. Well, I look forward to where this discussion goes today. So I guess we'll kick it off. I, um, I'll just say for everybody listening, uh, Leadfoot the person and Leadfoot the project um, has we've been really good friends, all of us here for you know better the better part of a year now, which is awesome. And uh, we have been kicking ideas around, uh, chopping it up in the community, um, and then at the same time, um, Leadfoot has been building out. Really, I think. You know, I, I won't be do justice to us in my short sentence, so I'm going to open it up to you, Leadfoot. But a new way for creators to take advantage of Web three, specifically in the music industry, is that kind of like a very umbrella statement that you're comfortable with, Leadfoot? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, um, with all the things that are happening in the space, there's you can tell that there's a long way to go. I think Fabian outlined that in his chat um, a couple of weeks ago, saying that some ridiculous percentage, like ninety nine point nine percent people percent of people, don't even use crypto, and the ones that do are on like centralized exchanges or they're not interacting with the blockchain. So we're super super early, but um, yeah, essentially, like I was creator of the uh, Upturn project which was a creation by myself and Merck who um, was a smart contract dev on that project and that was for the up to sorry the build up um, the hack, build up hackathon that looks so put put together a few months ago um, yeah it was a lot of lot of hard work but essentially what we're trying to achieve is a de decentralized platform um, with some really specialized products uh, I, I want to go into a little bit more detail, but I'm going to, yeah, just keep things short because I know I can waffle on. But that's essentially what we're trying to do, you know, provide a decentralized platform that artists can capitalize on and ensure that they can, over the future, um, yeah, get a steady income and make sure that they've got a direct connection with their fans and no intermediaries. And this this encapsulates, um, like, the digital fashion side of things with merchandise, um, tickets, you know, their artwork, obviously the music. Uh, but we also want to do a little bit of innovation in in the music side of things, especially uh, considering it's such like I don't know, a very new concept, music NFTs, and even the industry didn't really get a pop off last um, last bull run. So, looking for the next bull run, I think I think we're going to have some really good representation in the music NFT space, and we're looking to um, yeah be the major yeah music NFT builder on on Luxo when Mainnet comes around. Well, ambitious goals, but I love them too. I absolutely love them. Yeah, there's so many new people who might be listening and like, you know, it's great to get the recording down and start to distribute. So uh, really, I think where I want to start here, Leadfoot, is like, can you give us a little background like on yourself? And then like, because I think it's important to understand like where you're coming from and why this project is important to you. Like why music NFTs, um, and revolutionizing that space using Web3 platforms is important to you? Real nice question. Um, I've probably mentioned it a few times across like the multiple spaces that we've been a part of, but I'll run on again. Yeah, I, um, I've been in the music industry for probably the best part of 10 years now, maybe a little bit longer. I originally started like, in the DJ scene and then um, worked into production, uh, mixing and mastering for other clients um, in hip hop and pop and that kind of thing. But my heart's in like the underground techno scene. It always has been, and especially, not necessarily just underground techno, but the electronic music scene. Um, the yeah, the scene in electronic music is kind of, I'd say, a little bit more forward thinking or progressive when it comes to technology used in creation of music. But also, um, like the fans, you know, they kind of expect some type of innovation. If you look at the likes of like Dead Mouse, um, who's a big, big. Um, 
motivator of mine, especially early on to get into production. But the way he uses, he's been using 3D engines for as long as anyone has um, in a, yeah, kind of creative way for himself independently. Um, basically doing all these audio visual stuff. And I don't know if you've seen his giant mouse head. I'm sure you're aware of it, but basically like all the graphics that are shown on that, he basically builds himself. He's just, he's an insane guy. Um, that's yeah. He's, he's also a big part is um, the guys that I look up to and girls, whatever um, in the music space that I look up to uh, mainly independence. And I've been a music uh, independent artist for yeah, quite a long time now. Um, yeah, I've, I know a lot about the back end of the music industry, the tech side, and um, contractually, how record labels run, um, the the income that comes into the, the music scene, how it's distributed, who's making the money, um, and what to say about um, the, the music industry, how it's run now, but we can sort of like dive into that. But essentially, um, I think it's something like 60 to 70% of the revenue that's created by the music industry is um taken by the major record labels and it's like universal music warner brothers sony bmg etc cetera, etc cetera, um which doesn't leave a lot for like the millions of independent artists on the rest of the planet so um yeah i think blockchain is a really great way to be able to you know give people a platform so they can build themselves like their own fan base and kind of, you know, serve that fan base with their music rather than a traditional um, music label or record label setup where the artist will essentially sign a contract with uh, the record label and the record label kind of capitalizes on the success of that artist um, and owns the rights to their music. So essentially all the revenue that's generated by the, not only the masters, but their merchandise in these 360 deals, which is what they're called in the industry, um, yeah, it's kind of soaked up by those record labels and it's not quite fair to the person who's actually like generating that revenue being the artist, you know. So um, artists rely heavily on touring, but then at level you've got like um, the record labels taking a big chunk of their touring to cover all the promotional costs of their music and essentially that artist's brand. So um, I think Web3 being the, the place that it is, um, you know, where you can like draw a picture of an ape and sell millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of ape photos. Um, yeah, it's a really good opportunity um, for for a small small artist just to even get a couple of hundred fans and a really strong fan base in their niche. Um, you know, and be able to service those fans with content and shows, but be able to actually like control what they do with their music. Um, there's a lot of talk about DAOs at the moment and a DAO structure is like kind of super, super perfect for independent artists who doesn't really, who need some kind of direction, whether it be in like their business structure or, you know, um, like what tracks they want to put on the record, what color they want their their um, branding to be, you know, all these artistic decisions can kind of be made by a community now. Um, so we're just trying to like, yeah, put out some products that are super innovative um, to kind of, you know, allow people to come into the space, not only the blockchain space, but the, uh, the NFT space in general. Um, I'm sure this NFT technology kicks off um, it's got, we all know it's got massive potential. I think, um, yeah, moving forward, we'll, we'll get, get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's me. That's my history. <laughs> I, fantastic. And, you know, like you're saying innovate, like, like, and I'm going to pick up on that word because, you know, our 
just had a collab with Ramoa and you could go into on cyber and play around by buying an NFT in an on cyber space. But going back to March last year, Leadfoot, you were actually innovating and your first drop was done inside of a loot pod in an on cyber space where people could come up and get that um, TMPS techno drop um, from you. So like people don't understand you, you, you've been seeing this. If or I shouldn't say people don't, maybe some people are unaware of how deeply you've invested in this kind of being web three native right out the gate with the lead foot project. And you've been experimenting and it's really right at the core of what you're trying to do. Yeah. So um, yeah, those kind of ideas, they're, they're, they're super obvious, you know, um, and like, I, I kind of was just lucky enough that I had a lot of the content and the assets to work with. I always was wondering like what kind of um, release plan or strategy I should use to drop and do something a little bit differently. Um, I think it was, it was quite early, like it was early on. I think it was one of the very first um, keys to our spaces that I did that drop on, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. That was, uh, you yeah, know, we started after, I think our first one that we ever did was in January of last year where we invited on the original hackathon winners, which would have included Universal Page, um, Yields, and the Nomad Protocol, along with Fabian and Hugo. Um, and I think Felix came in the chat that day. And so it was within, uh, within I don't know, 60 days of that first space that we all became kind of buddies. So, yeah, it was really early on. Yeah, it was super early on. And yeah, because I already had keys together and I was, yeah, I was asking you guys if I, you could help me with the drop and promoting and that kind of stuff. And that like, it gets, we get some eyes to it at least, uh, which was awesome. Um, well, like time absolutely flies, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, initially, like everyone kind of has this idea with metaverse that it's supposed to just be like, you know, a little place where people come together and chat kind of things like what we've already had or like a gamified experience and i kind of wanted to you know play on that gamified ux um a little bit and like artifact absolutely nailed it on the weekend by the way it's like pretty good <laughs> that they're doing that for the for the space um so many people cried about there being issues minting issues and um, i think there was some some auditing dramas with their contract but like you know you can't you can't be focusing on everything and all the time those guys are innovating so so fast and it's really amazing what they're doing but i think like that uh, in terms of being people engaged that kind of experience you know like we'll talk about those experiences forever i'm so happy that you like remembered the the um the pod x loop pod um little space that I opened up. It was like a, it was a, it was a, it was a club, it was a nightclub with like big ass void speakers. And there was a DJ booth in there. Um, <laughs> it was quite, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, but people incredible. loved it. Thanks man. And then I put like a little, um, like a CD on the decks, remember? And I was doing like, <laughs> I was doing like hide and seek giveaways of, of some, of some of my music. So uh, there's a lot of fun, but I think, I think those um I think those experiences are exactly where where it's heading um which kind of brings us to like the next point in in the journey obviously we've got upturn which like the con I sort of saw like us winning the con the upturn um fame bounty as kind of like a confirmation that we're sort of heading in the right direction um like we're, we're super early with that type of like financial structure for artists and it's going to be like a really long road 
um, being able to educate and making sure people understand what they're getting into and what they're what they're trying to do. Um, I'll get we'll get more into upturn later about those specific details. But on the product side of things, like I think um, it's super important to remember like timing is kind of everything, right? And if we haven't nailed down our product and ensured that like people are going to come to our platform to use it for like what the purposes that we want it to be used for we need to make sure we educate and i think like dropping a few smaller products like leading up to that that main release of a platform is kind of imperative um you could probably like liken it to you know the dematerialized on luxo you know everything's um everything's happened while luxo is in testnet you know so let me stop you right there. People probably don't realize, like, if you check out my universal profile, Kriegel's alts, you're going to see lead foot merchandise literally on our universal profiles right now because you're one of very few creators that has gone on there and actual issue, actually issued assets on L14. This was not an easy thing to do. It was not just, but you embrace the community and the opportunity and you've got some of those assets out there and I have some of those wearables, right? And I, I don't want to, you know, you're giving props to DMAT and DMAT is awesome, but like, let's give you the props for going and exploring that space as well. Hey man, thanks for that. Yeah, um, you've, you've obviously been a big supporter as well and you're a whale, of course. So let's let's hope when Mainnet goes goes live and you can start trading those assets, they're, they're worth a lot for you. <laughs> so thanks for supporting me this, this whole way. No, they're never going anywhere. They're going to stay in my universal profile forever because those, those types of things are priceless. Like the early support that I can give to good people and good projects early on. Like those, those are, those are grails. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do agree with that as well. Um, but when I do have the functionality, yeah, I'll be burning the rest of the supply of those things as well. So um, there was, yeah, it's been nice to be that Genesis. Like this is the gen, this is the Genesis wearables drop. Like we did an art drop beforehand. Um, but this wearables drop was like a real step into the darkness for me like i had no idea kind of what i was getting myself into um but it was received really well and like i i love the products and they all step they all tell a story of what i was at at the time and where where i'm sort of heading in the future um and they're being well received like i did the i did the luxo um the luxo collab shoe lead foot collab shoe the silver one which is just the chrome one which is wild like everyone everyone who's in this space almost has one of those <laughs> like everyone loved it um which was totally fun. Like, I, I, yeah, I got, I get around all that sort of stuff. Um, my background isn't like, isn't de like development focused. Like I can't code that kind of thing, but I remember I was bugging Hugo there for a while, like asking, man, like, how do I, how do I transfer these, these assets on L L14? <laughs> and he's like, go away. I'm busy. No, he was really super helpful. Um, yeah, I was bugging everyone. And then I think I got onto family cause he had just done it the week before or something. And he, he pointed me in the right direction as well. Uh, I think I spoke to Vlad for a bit. Everyone, everyone in the community kind of helped me out in some way or another. And yeah, finally worked out how to how to transfer the assets, which was which is super cool. But damn, did it take ages? It took <laughs> took like way too long to do. Uh, so yeah, it was it was worth it in the end. It was a nice little exercise, and everyone's got a little piece of history there, which is cool. Absolutely, and I'm actually going to pin that up to the top in just a second. Those stomps, right? So check those out when I get that up at the top. And, and it is a cool piece of history. Um, 
I like it. I flex it on my universal profile. I don't quite have the universal profile cred of Alter Kriegel. Those guys are kind of, they got the thick stacks there if you go and look, but I'm very happy with the assets I have. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, we're all packing. We're all packing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super fun. Um, yeah, it's just a fun, fun thing to do, you know, like be part of a new community. Everyone's trying to achieve like a similar thing. Um, but also like, like we're super like tech focused in this community. Everyone's got such an open mind in that regard. So yeah, in the future for our, our products and everything, we're trying to, um, yeah, I've, I've sort of sat down and gone through like the history of NFTs and like wh where it sort of started, obviously like coming from a collectible standpoint with the, um, with the, oh my goodness, why have I gone blank? The little frog dude, what's his name? Pepe's <laughs> from the Pepe's to um, what artifacts do now with like digital fashion, obviously the early PFP stuff, like lonely, lonely aliens, by the way, who else is a lonely alien in here? I think you all are, to be honest. I don't know why that project didn't pop off, but <laughs> it would be nice if it did. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I sort of started as well in the NFT craze, but from where it went for the 2D PFPs and then we had obviously Clonex and Artifact. Well, Artifact was doing digital fashion before then. Um, See so yeah, all the digital fashion stuff, like it's all, it's all escalating super quickly. And this is in like a one and a half to two year period. Um, so you can sort of see like the tra trajectory that it's going at. Um, and the other, the other tech that I've kind of highlighted that has a similar type of trajectory is um, like diffusion models using like artificial intelligence for like generation of not only like 2D images, but like some seriously insane artwork, you know, they've all got their own little, little perks and um, their quirks and the things that like they do that are kind of random, but cool, you know, it's, it's a, it's a nice tool for creativity um, for digital fashion. Like some of the, some of the pieces I've generated, I've actually posted a few of them if you go down in my profile, but um, yeah, they're, they're super out there, you know, and it would take like coming from the creative side of things, like it would take quite a long time to think up these concepts and having AI as a tool to be able to come up with at least ideas from a, from a, um, an early on conceptual standpoint is super handy. Um, but yeah, my mate Sosa, who's down there, will um, have a chat just quickly about what his, um, his, his thoughts are on the, the tech, but essentially what we've been like looking, focusing on a lot is obviously the video generation stuff, the 3d, the 3d object generation with, we've been talking a lot about it and Sosa knows like, like a lot more about this than I know because he works in um, like data analytics and machine learning AI. So basically, um, yeah, the things that we're kind of thinking about are like what kind of music product hasn't been done before? Um, what kind of like video products haven't been done before? How do we kind of make these, um, yeah, revolution binary ideas and make them a little bit, revolutionary um coming up with like um yeah some some machines that can essentially spit out different um you know say you've got like a hi-hat and then a bass line or you know some kind of vocal or a pad or something like that um that you know coming up with like 10 different sounds and then being able to like select the variations of that sound and then own like a version of one track and then, you know, give the rights away and allow people to use it for whatever use they want to do. 
I think is like kind of revolutionary. Um, and obviously like having a creative eye and having worked in that space for years and years and years, like it's going to be really fun, like putting all those things together, but I'll let, I'll let Sosa get into that because he's, he's the pro in that, you know, I, I just spit ideas at him and he just bounces off it. He's, he's yeah. Have a ch explain what you're doing, where you come from and yeah, what we're kind of working on. All right. Thanks for, for launching me a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just to, to go back on what uh, what you were saying, I definitely think like it's super important to have a creative eye and like have some artistic sensitivity, like staying modest, but I think it really helps to curate what um what the AI is gonna spit out, just in terms of um, image, in terms of audio, in terms of video, and three models potentially. Uh, I think this is definitely where we, we could have an advantage as a platform that might be um, full of, of people who have this kind of um, artistic sensitivity. I think that's where we can make the difference because not as good so far, at least with the, with the with the AI, like not everything that is produced obviously is gonna be good or interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like for me, it allows us to think at a higher level and regenerating the pixels us like manually, so redrawing really or drawing with a tablet, etc. But really think at a more conceptual level, and and on top of that, not only making new things because it's true that these AIs can mix. Uh, semantic concepts um, very well. Like I don't know something stupid like uh, Santa Claus and or whatever. Like definitely images that have never been seen before. Um, so so this is great. But I think what's super interesting and that's definitely new is the possibility to scale to to massive levels. Like you you potentially like maybe in the next years thanks to AI you everybody's gonna be able to create their own metaverse. So you know like I. Mean, Still, it's just an idea, but it's just hard to 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 visualize now what's what's gonna happen with this new technology in the next years, because it allows us to scale at such an unprecedented level. Um, so so it's super exciting, even for me. Like really, I'm reworking really with um, image uh, recognition and like really AI for for visual stuff. Even for me, it's hard to to grasp what are the consequences of, of these things. Uh, yet, and I'm just playing a lot with the uh, stable, stable diffusion and Dali and, and these things and kind of for myself, I post some stuff on Instagram now and it's quite fun, people like it, <laughs> I like it too, um, but it's way bigger than this for sure and, and so now uh, also to, to be a bit more technical and more reasonable for, for what might be uh, going on in the next few months. So, so, so now, obviously, many people are generating uh, images. Um, um, I don't know things that not always make a lot of sense, but whatever. And and now, like with the same models, same kind of models, you can generate music, like really wave. Um, how do you say audio waves? Thanks exactly to the same models. So th this is really powerful, and I think as a as Redfoot mentioned, uh, we're going to be able to, to do some generative music and, and propose people to, to do some mixes based on that and, and get their original songs uh, out there for, for themselves and get them as NFTs. Um, and on top of that, we will probably be able soon to, to create uh, 3D models also that, that will be able to be uploaded in the metaverse. So, so 
this is still nascent technology, so I hope 3D models are still not as good as 2D ones, but I'm pretty sure, like, given the pace at which it's, it's going now, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, we're gonna, soon we're gonna have uh, 3D model generators, like, in the next month, and that might be a kind of game changer for the metaverse. Um, and same goes for video. It's still, I'm pretty sure it's still not perfect, so it's kind of nascent, once again. But in the next few months, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have it. Like, uh, and, and it's good to be prepared, and and we were very excited about it and anticipated that very much. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's it. I'll, yeah. So, so I had I want to scratch at something there because you said it, and I think it's interesting. So you're talking about potentially through you know the platform here, offering generative music that works a lot like these image generations, like if you're using Midjourney or Dolly or something like that, you would have the ability to kind of create your own songs or your own beats or your own, like that music effectively, yeah. but then own it via NFT. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there's definitely a possibility to, to, to create many unique pieces thanks to that center because it's, it's just a generative model that, that works based on so far, they, they work. So, so they don't work with text. But the input so far is not a text, but it just works. Like you, you pass it your favorite playlist from Spotify, thousands of songs that you like, hundreds of songs, maybe, and it's gonna spit out like a new, very inspired from from your song, but new MP3s that are completely um, unique and, and and new and original pieces. It, it's not gonna be like. A remix of all songs. It's really gonna be at the the frequency level, you know. So potentially, yeah, you you have uh, completely original works might be um, NFTs for you that might become NFTs for you thanks to the the platform. Wow, that that sounds so exciting to be a first mover in that space. I mean, this is truly pioneering areas of of Web three that like other people just are not walking in right now. Like that's amazing. All right. Yeah, it sounds, sounds exciting. Actually, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's the, that's kind of the reason that we've sort of gone on this angle is because it's not being done. Um, it's it's really out there, you know. So trying to get people around that idea is going to take time, you know. Um, but I feel I feel like if we're going to do this properly, especially with Upturn, you know, you really need to make a splash. Um, you need to set yourself apart from all the other people doing different things out there. Um, yeah, and in terms of in terms of ownership, like the the way I, you'll have to Sosa, you'll have to um, yeah elaborate a little bit more on this. But there's some differences between um, I think you were saying Python and um, C plus plus, where um, in terms of the generation of say we've got like a site that we've developed, um, like a Mint site, being able to generate these um, sounds or images or video on that site um, and to allow like allow the transaction to happen through web3 it, it could potentially I don't, you'll have to go in a little bit more detail with me but essentially it'd be a little bit faster on python if we like pre-created and pre-curated these sounds into separate um, sounds that people could essentially select their specific sound that they would like um, that we've kind of curated and make sure like sounds good as a mix, as a total song, and then mint that song. So you might have, um, I don't know, if you have 10 different elements in a track and there's there's 10 different types of those elements, and then what's that? That's like 10,000 different <laughs> um, possibilities. So 
yeah, I think you might have to elaborate a little bit more on that, the tech side of that kind of thing. But I think that changes things a lot in, in terms of where we can kind of start, where the technology is at and where we can sort of see it going in the future. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it's quite simple in my mind. There are like two ways to, to do it. So the, the simpler way to do it is, as you said, like we generate uh, off, so offline, when I say offline, it's just we, we pre-generate some samples and uh, yeah, we make sure that, that, that all of them, all the combinations can work together. So I don't know, we stay on the same key, like uh, in terms of music theory, etc. And then we, um, we allow users to shuffle these samples uh, together. And yeah, just from 10 samples, if you mix all them together, if you think about all the combinations, maybe you have 10,000 of them already. So it's already super powerful. And, and there will be, but yeah, potentially 10,000 users that will have a, a unique song of, of their own and an NFT from that. Um, uh, what for me would be a bit more advanced technically, maybe it will be more interesting artistically, but, but more complicated technically, uh, would be to, to generate sounds live. So, so as I mentioned before, like to, to regenerate the, the frequency itself, you know, live. So you would have to typically, uh, these AIs, they work with Python. And you would have to connect Python on the server with with the platform. Um, so um, it's feasible. Huh? Many, many people do that for for other applications. Um, it doesn't need a huge software engineering to to do that. But yeah, it will be a bit more work than just having some MP3s out there and mixing them. But yeah, I, I think we could work that out also. So the two possibilities are are feasible. I'm just wrapping my head around what you guys are telling. I know. Um, Euler Beats had like a an experiment, but the beats themselves were not necessarily like super functional, right? Like it wouldn't be necessarily music that I want to listen to. But you're proposing something slightly different, where you could kind of curate um, song beds that are much more, uh, let's say, pleasing to than just like you know, um, kind of. I don't know. I don't know what I want to call them. Like. Uh, very computer-generated beats. Um, I, I don't have the correct description for them. Are you guys familiar with Euler Beats? I know what, you, I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I'd challenge that, that ideology and just say that's what artists are already doing, you know? Like, there, there's def definitely models people are using that can generate these sounds, but are they actually, you know, pleasing to listen to? Maybe not. Um so what we're kind of proposing is stripping it back and not trying to like be too far ahead of the game and just doing what an artist does already, you know, and compiling these sounds into what is like a listenable track, you know. And the the thing like thing with music, like you need rhythm, you need you need melody, you need everything to kind of work together. Everything has to be in the same key, even on like a frequency level, like a lot goes into the creation of a track. Like a kick, kick drum and a bass, like if they're not on the same um, oscillation, you know, you're out of phase and it kind of like you lose the kick if it's interfering with the bass. Then you have to find out ways how to like duck a kick with a bass. Um, everything kind of sounds off to your ear it if everything's not tuned right. So we're, we're proposing, yeah, curation of the sounds, at least initially. Um, and then over time, we'll be able to work with artists to essentially, um, you know, have their own fingerprint on, on this technology. 
and yeah essentially kind of like curate their own sounds from either their previous works um there's there's so many concepts that we can think of but like you said like it's it's hard to wrap your head around and i think starting from where we're at now and something that's like uh, yeah easy for people to kind of wrap their head around is is what we're trying to achieve yeah i think that's imperative right you got to find an entry point somewhere and if it's too complex um it's difficult for people to to understand it enough to start to use it right yeah 100% 100% and you know like we're going to be fully transparent the whole way along you know we're not not going to be saying we're not we're using technology when we're not but in terms of the experimentation like we're bringing for this journey you know it's 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 going to be fun yeah we're like we're doing it because we love this tech you know and to be honest like a lot of people are out there like creating this technology and it would be a shame it didn't get used in really awesome ways <laughs> Absolutely. So the question I have is, do you see this as being part of the Upturn platform? Is that where you think you'd, you'd integrate something like this is, or is it its own project unto itself that you're exploring? Yeah. All our products, uh, yeah, kind of, um, yeah, or they're all wrapped up in one, you know, like the Leadfoot project is like kind of like the think tank, um, to all these concepts and yeah, kind of trying to like build, a team to we can deliver on these things that we're conceptualizing um upturn like was a tick in our book um to say that well because I'll, I'll quickly run through the upturn idea if, if not everyone's across it but essentially having having like a set of catalog of digi digital assets um and you're an artist right um like traditionally and in a lot of the contracts now because of like the digital downloads um clause in contracts from like the early 2000s and like going forward when you know people started pirating M mp3s on or itunes was a thing and people were downloading music all the time a lot of like a lot of labels are essentially saying well no that actually encapsulates your nft <laughs> and digital asset catalog which is wild to think about but that's just like that's 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 the con that's that's just the system that's the legal system like they're going to try and milk everything out of every artist that they've ever signed you know so artists are still trapped under this system you know it's so anti-web3 and decentralization that it i want to throw up basically but um yeah like when i propose is a centralized platform um which obviously isn't going to be a, like i'm not going to be able to capitalize off that you know we're going to make sure it's run by a DAO, like a true decentralized autonomous organization. We're going to give it, give away the governance to the people who can run this thing um, to make sure it's run correctly. Um, but artists are going to be able to use that platform, the Upturn platform, to post these digital assets um, and to sell them. Now, the profile that these artists are going to be using um, on our platform will essentially like they can sort of sell the rights to their digital asset catalog um, to either fund new projects, you know, to allow their fans to buy into them. You know, if, if you've got onto an artist super early and you're like, this guy makes dope beats, like I want to buy the, his catalog of beats, you know, I want to, you know, invest in that. And I think the power of that is huge, especially when there's no one taking clips off it. You know, you don't have to just like traditionally you've got, 
the track gets played, right? And it may be six cents, but say someone's got a million plays on it and they make 10 grand straight off the top, you've got the distributor taking 20% of that. And then you've got someone from composition or a songwriter or the publishing company who owns 10% of net as well from then. And then you'll have your deal with the record label, which might be like 70% or 50, 50, or generally like in the bad deals, it's like 70 or 80 or even 90% of all, all, all streaming revenues or mechanical royalties will go to the label. And then you're left with the 10% after all those clips. Right. So um, it's obviously not going to work with like mainstream pop music, uh, but something, yeah, something beautiful about the electronic music scene, especially the dance music scene is a lot of the label deals or record deals are a little bit more relaxed in that sense. They're not like, they're not like, they're normally 50, 50 deals where an artist will, you know, have a track and the label wants to promote it and they'll like play give it to all the DJs that are on that artist roster, on that label's roster, and they'll play the music, you know. Uh, but imagine imagine a world where an artist had access to, like, I know, their 100 fans, right, and they're making, I don't know, an album once every year or once every two years and then singles in there, and then they want to sell their digital, um, digital merchandise through one platform that the artists have access to directly to the artist, directly to the fans. Um I think, yeah, that's 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 the best idea I can kind of paint for for uh, upturn. It's not like wildly revolutionary. However, I think the the way that we're proposing these artist tokens that you can buy an artist's profile and buy an artist brand, um, and they're essentially going to divest a percentage of their royalty income from their digital assets or transaction income from their digital assets. Um, I think that's a revolutionary idea that hasn't really been hasn't really happened yet, at least in a decentralized way, you know. Um, but that's and with Upturn, it's the idea is there, and I can see that it's feasible, feasible. But actually, getting that into people's minds, getting artists around the fact that they can they can use these systems and it's going to be successful, they have the ability to drive their fan base these platforms, and you'd expect their like at least fifty percent of their fan base is going to know how to use blockchain you know we're, we're super far away from that in general right so um yeah in terms of upturn as a platform that's what we're kind of proposing it's going to house all these all these assets but we can have fun with the products that we make you know so um the idea of like digital fashion even before we started talking about about the music side of things because saucer and i like yeah we've known each other for a while but um yeah, when we first started talking about it, we weren't really talking about the the generation um, aspect of things. That was kind of like an afterthought when he kind of taught me like the possibilities of what what we can use and what we can do. But initially, it was for digital fashion, um, and still is for like the merchandise side of things. So, imagine the same concept as as basically you've got your track or you got your your shoe or whatever it may be, um, and kind of what like like what Artifact are doing. They've got all their different skin vials, but imagine if it wasn't just like eight different pieces of DNA. It was ten thousand unique shoes, you know. And how do you get ten thousand unique shoes out? I'll let Sosa um, kind of kind of elaborate in this in this part of things as well because he's got some really exciting ideas. But yeah, imagine that on scale. You know, like why can't we have ten thousand different different pairs of shoes you know with all their all the different types of rarity then then everyone has their one-off you know so 
that's that's where the idea is. There's just small little twists on on existing um, existing products and ideas purely so we can execute it. You know, at this stage. I like that you're circling the bowl here on like really using modern blockchain solutions for the creative industry in general, right? Because what we're circling the bull here on is the fact that we are really, you know, the Leadfoot project has been building with eyes on the Luxo blockchain and the new standards that the team is putting out. And really given that the, that entire team in Berlin has been developing around this idea of unlocking the new creative economy specifically as it pertains to small creators and big brands, like bringing both into the same space, but democratizing access to the technology um, in a way that like is not complicated. That's not quote unquote scary as fuck. Like, I think that that's, that's awesome. Like that's what we're circling the bowl on here on. And like that allows for these experiments to take place. And like, you know, no matter what comes of the upturn project or whatever we call, whatever you choose to call the AI piece of that, of the Leadfoot project, um, all of that is centered around, like I said, using modern blockchain solutions for this new creative industry. And I think that that's pretty cool. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm, I'm assuming seeing the hearts from Alts that he's right on the page with me there. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I appreciate like how, exactly how forward thinking your project is Leadfoot, um, because that's kind of what it's about is imagine reimagining this space, you know, moving forward because Luxo's kind of, it's going to give us a whole new set of tools to, you know, unleash like actual utility, because I think that's actually like one of the, it's, yes, it's great for an artist to be able to, to take control of their, of all their stuff and to be able to, you know, make it all decentralized is amazing, but also like, new ways to interact with their fan base that you can't even do in web two, right? So like that's actually like these standards that that kinet that that dichotomy between, you know, uh, an artist and their fan base. Because yeah, with Web3 we can direct connections to the artists, which is and the artists and teams and projects and stuff. And it's just it's a it's a whole nother experience and it, it really excites me. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so here's a question, so so like do you see and, and I think like preface this with, I think Leadfoot alluded to this and I, this might excite our friend Kriegel there. Um, the question I'm going to ask. So, so do you see like kind of like maybe AI driven digital fashion, right? Like or maybe through, uh, you know, maybe you could have a parameter for, for a model that you put in and then through some text input, we could hang digital fashion pieces then on the model um, given like a text string. Do you think, you know, we could be going down that road. Do you think AI could be, could be pushed in that direction? I mean, I, I'm willing to get that the answer is yes, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. So, for example, what you would have um, a 3D model that's like a fixed thing, a fixed parameter, and thanks to this new kind of AIs that we have, like, just give X prompt, like, place me some texture of, like, seawater or, like, some sharks on top of this 3D model of the shoe. That's what you're, you're mentioning, like, thanks to AI, you could apply some to 3D models, for example. Yeah, or could, could the 3D, you know, like, because I, I really enjoy using AI to do some, you know, like, it's not generative art, but it's AI art, right? I tell it I love the color pink and I love pink smoke. So if you look at any of my AI art, it's always filled with pink smoke. Like, could I... Uh -huh. 
do like, you know, like I've got my clone per se, just use it as a model because I'm a clone. I, I love clones, right? Like I've got my clone as a base and I could say like, I want a jacket that's like smoke, you know, and then put in some other little pieces and then it comes out with a jacket that it's owned by this AI um, that has elements of smoke to it or whatever else. Like, do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, 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 it's definitely possible. I mean, it's coming more and more like, um, now there are ways to combine models basically you would have your character but um all your like say uh, avatar and 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 apply um a new yeah piece um of uh, like a, a jacket like made of, of pink smoke on top of it yeah definitely it's coming um people are trying to figure out how to mathematically like organize that but but yeah it's something that's definitely happening and you you see it on the generative art platforms that uh, there are more and more tools that allow you to manipulate um generative models in more creative ways and and a bit more advanced than just generating a picture but actually combining things together like that so yes yeah and I go, i'll just quickly add something in there as well the, yeah, the one thing that we're kind of like not there yet with <clears throat> in terms of can we put that jacket on your clone um, in a split second is, okay, like what file are we going to be spinning out from this generator? You know, there's so many intricate things that go into like digital fashion um, and so many um, variables that, that really, like like Salsa said, like the mathematics haven't just haven't been worked out yet. So yeah we're, we're far away from it but like like what you are right now um like Sasa and i have been playing around with like some stable diffusion models where um and you can do this on dali as well where you have like your shoe and you want to put it's, it's a slide and you want to put laces on it you can essentially like erase what you've got on the shoe and then it'll and type in i want laces here or like pink laces whatever <clears throat> with smoke and it'll it'll print that onto your already generated image, but only in the section that you've you've masked. So we're there already, but it's like, how do you take, how do you take that model um, and turn that into an FBX, you know, or at least an OBJ or something like that, where it can be edited in, in um, Blender. That's, yeah, I think that's where we're kind of, I, know, um, I think it's like Google and is it Stanford um, Sosa that is doing the 3D modeling um, experimentation with AI. Yeah, correct. But... Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, where we're at with that is kind of like, who knows, but, but the ideas are there, you know, um, and like, I can guarantee you the next what I want to do with Leadfoot, right? Cause I'm, I'm developing all these assets and I've got the skills in music and that kind of thing. I'm already doing the digital fashion side of things as well. I want to be the first artist to run through our platform. Right. So I want to make sure that I have all these, um, all these products that I can, I can put up there and that are going to inspire people to use these systems as well. But right now it like, I'm guaranteeing you, I'm going to use AI to design my next, my next line. Like I've got the, um, the Genesis collection, which is like I'm taking off off offline tonight. Um, so like the last time to buy those is now. Um, but I can guarantee you the next collection that I make, the concepts are going to come from from AI. However, I still have to send that to Aliona, who creates the 3D models. I'm probably going to hit up Kriegel to yeah, if he's got time now with his new job, <laughs> to um, 
uh, yeah, help me out at least trying to like, you know, get the community involved and create those pieces from um, what's being generated in AI. And like the human aspect is huge because I've got full confidence that Aliona is going to knock this one out of the park. Um, and one issue that Tom and I have had when generating these pieces is how do we get one piece, but the other side of that piece, you know? So we had like all these handbags that we're making, we're making um, a few pairs of shoes. Um, and basically you can essentially with stable diffusion draw like a shape of a shoe and then type like, or you can shape of a handbag, whatever it is. And then you can, we're, we're playing around with like this random furry Furby, like handbag thinking like what my wife would like to wear or something <laughs> and we came up with this wild bag but other side of it you know so i think until we have that um we're still gonna have to use a lot of a lot of human input and that's a lot of resources it costs money there's risk involved um but yeah it's it's it's, it's exciting you know like being able to develop these products and all you guys like going ham over them and I think like 60 or so people got the, the left foot Luxo Chrome um, stomp shoes. So yeah, it's, I'm having fun at least doing it, you know, so I'm hoping, I hope you guys are entertained. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, oh, go ahead, Griegel. Oh, I'm most certainly entertained. Um, yeah. And actually like you're starting to get into some of the nuances there of like generating like AI pieces. Cause like I've tried to run through some just more for more or less like to create mood boards or inspiration um, for designing pieces. And yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to get an AI to generate multiple angles of the same piece or more specific things, but I think we're going to get there But for right now. And I think in the future, like I think AI is like a tool and the designer kind of acts as like the curator and AI is like a collaborator. Um, there's like a bit of a relationship there to be built out um, between the two pieces. Um, but I definitely can see where this is going. Um, you know, using AI to generate a whole lot of just variations, the designer that curates that selection, okay, this is actually looking good. This is, this is, uh, this is something that looks aesthetic because the AI doesn't necessarily know that yet. Um, and then, you know, then you have to figure out how to actually make it, um, figure out the other views of it. So I think like the, a designer is still required for part of the equation for how long? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, but I think this is like, it, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> um, I'm not concerned about it being a designer myself. Um, I see it as a tool, um, just like any other tool. Um, and yeah, I can be our ally and our friend. So like, just like designers work with other designers, other engineers, like we're going to work with AI as well. So I, I think it's, the approach that you guys are taking is is pretty cool to hear, um, and especially when you start to apply that to music, I'm, I think you have the right approach there as well. So really curious to see how you do that. The other thing too, on the 3D side of things, that, um, yeah, I think that's going to be next level. Um, that'll be the next jump. Like when you get, when you get guys making like, when you get AI making 2D and then jumping, taking that to 3D, I mean, we're not too far away from that. Um, it's already happening in some regards, I guess you mentioned. So mm -hmm. it might, from like a pipeline perspective though, like similar to how, you know, with traditional design medium, you work in like a 2D format and then you take your concepts, once you've kind of refined it, then you go into 3D. Um, 
depending on like I don't know how much brain power it takes an AI to do a 3D piece versus a, a 2D piece, or if it's the same, maybe you still go through that linear oh, pipeline of 2D to 3D. Yeah, what so are your thoughts I, on that, Sosa? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's quite longer. I did some, some tests myself uh, earlier this week. And yeah, to generate 3D now, it's still, it needs quite a lot of time, actually, like even hours of what's called training. Uh, and the models are not super convincing yet, but I mean, as you know, like the pace of the, the generative AI is now is super fast, so it's a really great start. I think we're getting the all 3D models, like, and it works exactly the same way as more 2D. Like, you just enter a prompt, like, I want to see a, a duck smoking a cigarette. Uh, I don't know, and it's gonna generate it for you uh, for now in like five hours, I think. But I guess in the future it's gonna take some minutes. I'm pretty sure it's, it's gonna happen the same way as for 2D. So so yeah, I think that's the kind of the state of the art currently. I think a duck smoking a cigarette would be interesting. I I I'd wait five hours to see it. <laughs> um, hey, I just want to make mention right now. Um, so we've got a POAP or Pope. It's not soap, right? It's not gonna keep you clean but it's going to make you happy. Um, I don't know how you want to pronounce it here, but for Leadfoot today, it is the secret phrase is Leadfoot, L-E-D-F-U-T, hyphen, digital, hyphen, fashion. So I'll make mention, but if you want to, you know, claim a pull-up from us to you, a friendly little gift, go ahead, you know, you know, head on, head on over to uh, the website there and uh, enter the secret phrase again. Um, Leadfoot, hyphen, digital, hyphen, fashion. So I just wanted to make that mention real quick, slip it in there. Um, Kriegel, you know, I was most concerned that you were going to be concerned that AI is going to take your job from you and that you would have to be a starving artist on the street, but you don't sound as concerned as I am. So that, that makes me happy. I mean, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I mean, with all technology, I think there's typically like a lot of fear around it. Um, and you know, one might argue or say that like, oh, AI is different. Um, but like, are you afraid of other individuals or other people taking your jobs? I mean, you know, that's always potentially a, a threat. But if you live in a state of fear, um, I mean, it's, it can be crippling. So I like to look at the positive outlooks of it. Like, okay, how can, like with other designers, like how can I work with them? Um, how can we make each other make, make each other better? So with AI, same thing. Like how might we work with AI, um, you know, because I think like that can be a competitive advantage, um, you know, utilizing new technology, new tools. Um, and, you know, I mean, ultimately like AI, they will become, you know, maybe our equals or our greater than, um, you know, our creations they are. So, you know, we should be friendly to them. Let's yeah, not would... make enemies of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree. AI wiping me out. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And, like, I have to admit, like, there's so much beauty, like, working with AI, like, human and AI together. Like, that that one line of text that we've got to tell the machine what to do is, like, like, I haven't ran, I, I haven't tried to get a result from it and not had to put an input in a few times at least, you know, like, there's so much interaction between you and the machine and what it spits out that you... Like, because you're a curator, 
you don't actually approve it until you get the right result, you know? So it's like the, the computer can't actually say anything. It's just not going to come out with that. And you're going to be like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. You know, maybe, maybe when Neuralink kicks off, I don't know, but at least right now it's, it's really nice. Like, is it, there's a symbiosis um, with, with the machines, which is good. Yeah. I like that. The idea that, and Kriegel said it and you just echoed it, that we are really curators um, using this intelligence as a tool to get what we want right because the machine itself is not going to do what we want but we can have those inputs we have that control to move it in the directional product is something that we love and i think even at that like if i was to you know engage with kriegel as a designer i'm still you know kriegel is a tool if i was just to give him ideas and he's i'm going to work to spit out something that I wanted to, if I engaged him in hiring him, or like I see Johnny X down there, if I, there was a custom shoe that I wanted, I could give Johnny ideas and Johnny might give me ideas back that where he's trying to come on par with what the vision is in my head. Like that's pretty much what we're doing with AI. It's just speeding up the process for mediums that are easy for certain mediums right now. Right. And I think that that's it's super interesting. And I, you know, I'm really excited to see where it's going to go and to bring it all the way back really to the probably the beginning part of that conversation that you were, uh, you and Sosa were hitting on would, I'm really interested to see how this goes with AI generated music, because if we're getting something that's listenable, right. Something that I, that is playing ear and it's not just like, I don't know, uh, <laughs> that may or may not be pleasing like that. That's going to be really interesting and something that's, that's pretty neat. And uh, I bet you like, even for something like this, like if we had a show and we wanted a sound bed, you know, to be able to generate something quickly that's pleasing in the genre that I wanted, but it's unique to what we have, um, that is going to be something that would be used immediately, right? Yeah, I, I totally think so. Um, yeah, I think as as curators and artists, uh, it's super important. Like we we obviously like have a we've got our like our stance in the community. You know, like we have a we have a purpose. You know, it's not just like anyone who gets up on stage and plays the music, you know what I mean? Like it has to, it has to sound good and not that the machines yet what sounds good, but it's going to, it's going to be really hard. It's like humans don't know what emotion emotions are on like a scientific level or like what love is, for example, <laughs> you know, like there's obviously some like dopamine that gets released every time you see your loved one or something like that. But like to emulate that, which is really part of the musical process, you know, like, like now when we make music is what something we've experienced, like coming in our lives, you know, so being able to kind of use AI as a tool to, you know, being, being the paintbrush and painting what we, what we want to know, like it's still going to come like the memory that we know, sorry, it's still going to come from us, the result from that, you know what I mean? So we're going to choose, oh, that, that encapsulates what I'm, what I'm feeling and the essence of what I'm, I'm trying to put onto, um, put onto wax. Well, I'm sorry, but like, I, I, the second you said AIs are, are like machines or they don't know what love is. I just pictured a bunch of machines, like bots with Forrest Gump hats walking around saying they didn't know what love is and i know that's totally fucking absurd and that's just my brain but like that's i got hung up on it yeah there's something there's something about the robots you know everyone likes the sad the sad robot vibe you know <laughs> that they'll never know what love is all those kinds of things you know you feel for them 
We have empathy. They don't. They... <laughs> Yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Go. Please. Oh no! Please, so Go. Go right ahead. Yeah. No, I just brought some thoughts. I, I'm just thinking that generally for artist designer, it's just it's it's gonna change the most probably. But I think it will also allow people to think at a higher level, more conceptually, and maybe more at the level of ideas than really at the paintbrush level, or a bit of it, but but more in terms of ideas, and especially it's gonna allow artists and designers to, to scale very much. Like, really, I'm pretty sure people will be able to create whole universes in the next few years on their own. And people will be able to navigate on that, and, and it's gonna be, I'm pretty sure, so satisfying for, for artists and, and, and designers, once again, to, to be able to create things at such grand scale. Um, I think really this is the thing that's um, that is a lot for for us now, but that's coming at least uh, kind of changing the job. Yeah. Well, I for one am super excited to see where you guys are going with this one. Um, honestly, you're going to have to keep us posted, and I, and I say that because we're we're about an hour into this discussion, and I definitely want to leave room at the end of the talk here to just pull out on the exciting parts of Luxo um, because apparently people like that. I, I don't know. Um, so uh, I guess in closing here, before we turn our attention fully to just like, you know, getting super bullish and then having trouble dealing with the rest of our days. Um, Leadfoot, what do you think the timeline is um, as you walk towards, as we walk towards mainnet? Is this something that, you know, um, you thought about, or is it timeline of time being with certain elements of your project? Yeah, I definitely think like on the traditional things that we've released, like our our um, wearables line, there's that there's things that we can use with AI right now that are going to be part of that process. You know, but we can still release that like right now. Um, I I'll probably will be waiting for Mainnet to release the next collection of wearables, um, which kind of gives us time as well, because I wouldn't mind adding a fidgetal in there. Um, I don't know if you guys are um, aware of Elaine Jassy, insane designer, not only like on a, on a digital level, but um, on a, on a physical level. Um, we worked together. He basically gave us the, um, gave us the tech pack to send to manufacture for our, our um, shirts, which yeah, is still in the pipeline for sure. Right, finding the right manufacturer is hard because you have to do it on mass. Um, so there's definitely like all those little aspects that we can do right now. You know, I will, I will wait for mainnet for the next collection. Um, in terms of the other tech, like it's all, it's all happening super fast. Um, so it's kind of hard to say like when that's going to be, but I think it's going to be sooner rather than later that at least we get some, some results, whether that be like a combination of things that I've produced and sounds that we've generated from AI, similar to how we're doing it with the digital fashion. Like that's something we can turn around right this second, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely watch this space and we're going to keep giving you updates, um, on that side of things, but yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I'm super excited by what Fabian's been announcing in terms of like the distribution and the splits um, with the foundation. And yeah, looking forward, um, like having having someone like at the forefront like that, just straight up, just jumping on Twitter and asking the community and us actually having a say, like such a democratic thing. And like, not that we didn't have confidence already, but like get a better person to be leading this charge, you know, so I'm super excited 
I'm I'm not looking anywhere else other than Luxo. Um, right now, it's a little bit manual, but yeah, I'm sure that's changing in the future. Sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> I love that digital creators using a platform that is built for digital creators. Like this, it's poetic. I mean, and it, it's, it's the way it's supposed to, I mean, at least from the intentions of the creator of the network, right? Like they, they started to build this playground for people like you, Leadfoot, and other people um, like Kriegel with his collection that I'm sure he'll come out with in short order. Like this is stuff, um, it's the playground that has been built for you guys to use. So I can't wait to see you on there. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but I, I haven't heard about this from Kriegel, by the way. I want to hear more about that. Well, this has been something that's been in the works for a little while, but you know, there'll be some fidgetals from Kriegel in the future. If I don't get the tech shoulder slung bag sometime soon, Kriegel, I'm going to lose my mind. Hey, that'll be the first one. That'll be the first one. Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, I don't want to yeah, I'm into the it. price. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely into that. Share some um share some manufacturing um dramas and alpha along the way if you can, man, because that's definitely a hard hard thing to come come um to complete, I guess. It's a real pain, especially using like well just for our bag, for example, right? Like we went we went to all these um leather producers but then you know the bag has to have framework we're working with metal as well so it's like okay i have to get the leather from x but where do i get the frame built and then i was looking at like 3d printing <laughs> like frames and there's only five of these bags as well right so like it's not it's not on a mass scale anyway and all the manufacturer but you know, where do we get this frame made? Okay, like, how do we get the tech specs for this frame? Like, it takes a lot of profession and a lot of skill to get this all together. Um, so, yeah, let me know. Let me know how you go with these things. But um, I can share some things with you as well in terms of places and countries that can kind of get these jobs done with, like, a really high quality. Oh, absolutely. I, I can imagine the challenges of that for sure, especially in that small quantity. We'll chat more about this, I'm sure. I just having an internal discussion. <laughs> I like those. Those are my favorite. Um, so I guess I'm going to take the opportunity now. Um, Leadfoot Sosa, thank you so much for coming on the Pink Pill. We're going to spend the last 10 to 15 minutes just in open discussion now, I think, as we turn it specifically to Luxo. I hope you'll stick around and chat and throw the two cents in. But if you have any closing thoughts... Um, either of you and you just want to get them out there and then we'll plug the PO app again. Um, and then we'll kind of open the stage to anyone who might run a request request and we'll do 10 more minutes of just full on Luxo bull talk. So uh, any closing thoughts here, guys? Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Obviously thanks to Keysdale for having, having us both on. Um, yeah. We're super excited. Also. Yeah. Just remember we're closing um the genesis wearables sale i think we have i can't remember how many pieces i said it the other day i counted but there's a good there's a good few few pieces that have, we've gotten rid of which is good so those out there like yeah it's the last chance to be able to get a piece of this history um but yeah looking forward to the future obviously yeah luxo is blowing up right now uh, good to see so many people um getting involved in such a such a, such a nice community as well it's always been a been a good time 
to be a part of this with you guys. Um, but yeah, Salsa, you want to say anything? Yeah, I was super happy to kind of taste the enthusiasm of everybody about all the project and about AI. And, and yeah, it's great. To, really great to see that because I'm, I'm not super familiar yet with the, the crypto community, but, but it's really good to, to kind of um, witness this uh, this nice combination of technologies that, that we, we, can, we can get, um, hopefully pretty soon. So thanks, guys. Fantastic. Well, thanks for... Thanks for uh, popping through, and I'm sure we'll talk more about the Leadfoot Think Tank and all the projects that's been out from there. Um, looking forward to see what you guys are doing with AI. So I guess now we'll turn the page here. If you have anything that you want to discuss Luxo-related, my question straight off the rip to the guys up here who are speaking right now, what is your sentiment on Luxo? Are you as bullish as I am, 1 to 10? 10 being most bullish, 1 being not bullish at all. 725. Damn, you sent the needle through the scale, homie. Kriegel, how about you? Well, I'm going to say 100 because we have the 100 emoji here. Um, but 725, I'm going to have to bump it up to that. Okay, Gladfoot, you've been around for a while. How bullish at this point? He may have dipped. So, bullish to even say. He can't even put it into words. Yeah, his brain just like went just exploded. He's actually got gray matter on the walls around him right now. Um, and why are we so bullish? Like, Alts, what's your number one reason that you are bullish in this moment? Because I, I would say the three of us, we are Luxo Bulls anyway. But, like, you tell me why you're so bullish here in the past week. Well, I mean, it's a culmination of a few things. Like, I mean, what's it been like? Three years of just, like, imagining all these things. And it's like we're on the precipice of that floodgate the literal floodgate of mass adoption opening right so like it just feels like we're getting closer and closer by the day like finally and um you know the obviously the the news on the the possible you know destruction of two-thirds of the supply and also the you know talk of eip 1559 to make it deflationary after mainnet it just like man it just these things are going to be extremely coveted even more than i could have imagined you know so quickly so that's uh i'm still i'm literally still wrapping my mind around it on the daily i, I get more and more bullish on luck so every day and, and i see the community that's one good thing about being early right is and active is you can see like i have my finger on the pulse of luxo so i can see the growth of new faces coming in um you know on a daily basis and I get more and more DMs asking me every day, like, well, where'd I pick up Luxo? Or what, what's a good article? Or what's some videos? And so it's good. Even in, like in this downtime of this bear market, it doesn't even matter. Like people are hungry for information and, and, and Luxo is going to surprise a lot of people. So that gets me excited for us to finally be able to kind of like spread our wings and, and for more people to come find out what we're all about. You share this bullishness, Kriegel? Yeah. I mean, the fundamentals haven't changed since day one. Um, well, maybe they have, they've improved, but with the most recent discussions on the supply, um, but in general, like just the ability for creators to make things and own their assets. I mean, this goes beyond creators. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many things. Um, social media, decentralized social platforms, um, NFTs, digitals, like just linking these all together into one place where it's owned where you own your identity. That's like the core of it is the identity standard. Um, 
I don't think we know how big of a deal that be in the future. Um, yeah, but I feel strongly about it. Not financial advice. <laughs> I mean, like those of us who live in this like NFT space on the daily, like I hear so many people complaining because I mean, obviously, like it's a nation space. We're building it out. There's a lot of problems and issues, and Ethereum, as we know, is, has very limiting standards as. The author of ERC20, Fabian, said, you know, it's like that was kind of a makeshift standard that launched DeFi and NFTs, but it like wasn't wasn't really what it needed to be. So the new standards will definitely make a difference. But it's like so interesting to see like people complaining, you know, about these issues every day, like M tokens are getting hacked and, and all these issues that, man, it's just like we know the truth, right? Luxo's coming to solve these things. Um, and, and most people just don't know it yet. And, and even like, all this like people are scrambling to figure out self-sovereign identity. Like we've got soulbound tokens now, but that's the same problem that they're still built on terrible standards. Right. So like, I don't think you're going to want to have a reputation built on things that you can't control. Right. People could just send you something saying that you were at some awful rally that you wanted nothing to do with. And you just can't even, you can't do anything about it. Right. But at least with Luxo, like, you, you know, we can shape our identities and really build out, you know, our, our online presence, you know, in this web three as it, as it moves forward. Cause like you said, in the long run, right. We're headed towards like a ready player one world, you know, where your entire online identity is like, it's all linked together. Right. And it's interoperable and it's upgradable and stuff like that. So like, yeah, we're on the, the precipice of that change. And I think that's where we're like, yeah, completely agree with everything you just said. All And, but I think the other thing too, to think about is traditional, like crypto, which I wasn't in before this space, um, I think they maybe aren't seeing this fully for what it is. Like the majority isn't just because everyone there is looking at, you know, um, you know, it's DeFi. That's what it's been about for them. Whereas that's like a very small fractional percentage of the world population. But we look at 98% of the world population, um, you know, just using social media, you know, consuming brands, buying things like that, that whole the creative side of things, the commercial, the consumer, um, you know, products, di physical, uh, physical, digital, digital products, those things, um, when those come on chain to unlock utility for the metaverse that Alt's alluded to, because we're going towards AR um, mixed reality worlds here, um, and VR as well. I think all of these things, being able to bring those assets between worlds, between planes of reality is going to be important for people. Um, and they want to own those, they'll want to own those assets in, in a way that it's linked to the identity that they own online. Um, and I think that's what Universal Profiles is going to support. I think you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. For, as far as mass adoption, it's not going to be coming through DeFi, right? It's going to come through social media platforms, through, you know, AR and digital, digital clothing, through digital lifestyle, sports, gaming, music, like all these other things will, will tap into so many more other people's lives, you know, besides just DeFi. You know why I'm bullish? You guys are getting to all these mass, like, use cases and, and, you know, really high level thinking around why blockchain is important to the masses. I've been bullish this last week because 
this is a proof of stake. Now, the major unknowns about the network, I guess, from like a monetary supply or like from a tokenomic standpoint, is whether or not there'd be a burn mechanism. Like, is is the token supply going to be inflationary? Or like, how is that going to, or, you know, really what's going to happen um, with the token supply? And Fabian, in a tweet, said, we will have an EIP-1559, like, mechanism, a burn mechanism, um, which means the busier the network, the more of the bait will get burned. And if we see how it works with Ethereum in uh, for Ethereum tokenomics, actually, the, whether or not it'll turn out to be deflationary with Luxo remains to be seen because it depends on how the entire, you know, again, issuance of the staking rewards come out versus usage of the block space, right? But the fact that there will be some of these Lix tokens burned and the only way to earn them will be through staking them. If you are a holder of Lix tokens, that's great, right? Like, that's really great. Um, so I am super bullish about that. This is not financial advice at all. I am just a holder of these tokens, and I think that is great. I'm going to, I can put those tokens up, I can stake to secure the network, and I know that the token supply will not, I will not be inflated away long term. That's why we've seen this bump. Like a lot of people who are in the know, when Fabian came out, tweeted about two thirds, like a destruction of two thirds of the tokens because the foundation itself is not going to take a massive supply for a long-term building. That's interesting, right? But that reduces the amount of overall tokens in supply, thereby making every token in supply more valuable by the factor of the destroyed tokens. Again, this is not etched in stone yet, but this is what they're talking about. That was the first bullish pop. Second bullish pop is, okay, not only that, but we are going to take out of existence the base fee for every transaction on the network. Bullish, right? And that was the second pop. These are just pops based upon these news, like news coming out. God forbid we get an NDA on the books or some other big announcement or any type of marketing around this network. Look out, cook out at that point. That's why I think I can't put enough fire emojis in one tweet to get it out there. And again, this says nothing about how bullish I am on the transformational possibilities or the, you know, like opportunities that this new blockchain network provides for users and creators um, and just to the world in general, uh, because they've taken the existing blockchain architecture, um, used it, called the EVM, and then taking the standards which power that EVM that allow for tokens to, to move around and be created, or let's, let's invert that, created and then move around. And they have re-architected those bad boys. So to use the entire blockchain, it's not as scary as it is now. I think that that's going to be super powerful. And I do think that when we do see, as I move on in this long soapbox speech that I'm making, when we do see social media pop up using universal profiles, people are going to use it, people are going to love it, and it is going to steal the spotlight from all the other low effort forks of the EVM that exist out there. Good luck to all of those projects. Compete for the, the small change that sits on the side of DeFi, and we will here in the Luxo community welcome it with open arms 
millions and millions and millions of users and creators of content um, and wonderful, uh, yeah, I don't even know, content, content, right? That's why I'm bullish. I was on a soapbox. I'm off the soapbox, guys. I don't know if I made any sense to you. you catch that? That makes me even more bullish. Like, we're literally, we have, we have an opportunity to own a piece of the multiverse infrastructure. Like, when you kind of understand that, like, the true value of the stuff, you can't really, it's like trying to guesstimate, like, you know what the internet's going to be in 1990, but, like, you really don't have a clue, right? Like, that's kind of where we're at. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I feel like they definitely, like, they need or want the price to go up, right? <laughs> like, you're talking about these layers of announcements. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that they could pull from, you know, to keep the market chewing if they wanted. So, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting to think about. And it does sound like mainnet is just coming right down the tracks at us. I mean, these updates to do. This like the update that Mike just put out. They're getting they're getting more and more uh, extensive. Like so many things are coming through the pipeline right now. I guess there's a plug if you're not already in the Luxo Discord. You should you should pop in there, even if you're not there chatting every day, just so you can be exposed to the updates that come out, so you know what's going on. I think that that this is a beneficial update. Many of you are probably in. 500 discord nft uh communities that is totally i i don't even know if that's there's any worth to that it's just information overload all the time to be in what is equivalent to the ethereum discord pre-mainnet ethereum uh i think that that would be beneficial you kind of get to know you know people who are talking what they're talking about and what the announcements are relative to the network itself that's just me though and, and I mean, in a worst case scenario, like there's so many discords that we're all in anyway. So what's one more? <laughs> but that's not what's happening here. We could Add one more discord, discord channel to your discord. Go for it. Yeah, right. One more. That's it. All right, guys. Well, we've been going one hour and 30 minutes. Again, the Poe app for today. Leadfoot hyphen digital hyphen fashion. Go claim it. At some point, that might be intriguing, interesting, and or valuable to you. So um, if it collapses things that you like to collect, you have one available, just go grab it. No pressure. Uh, but I think we're about closing it up here, guys, because we've been going for long enough. Any final thoughts before I play us out? Enjoy the rest of your uh, Pink Sunday, fam. Thanks for thanks for coming along, everyone. I appreciate it. Yeah, if you want one of those pieces, make sure you're on leadfoot.co forward slash shop. Uh, the link's in my hand. Yeah, that, that's ending tonight. So thanks thanks to the whole keys down. You guys are legends. Um, and yeah, Luxo. Thanks, guys. See you then. Thanks for being here, Leadfoot. It's also nice to meet you as well. So. Yeah, have a great pink Sunday on this Halloween weekend. Pink and orange. Love it, friends. All right. We'll be back next week for another Pink Sunday for Season 2, Episode 6 of The Pink Pill. This closes out Season 2, Episode 5 with Leadfoot. You've heard it here. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. Please visit Leadfoot's project page, Twitter, and Discord if you're interested in learning more and 
they're going to get rid of those Genesis uh, wearables tonight. Um, so if you're interested, you should hop over there and grab one now. For everybody, on behalf of Keys Out, keep it pink. Mm -hmm.